So over here, what is being mentioned? The conversation that will take place between the people of Jannah and between the people of Hellfire. So the people of Jannah, they will ask about who? About the criminals, about the mujrimin. That while they are in lofty rooms in paradise, they will ask the criminals in Hellfire, مَا سَلَكَكُمْ فِي سَقَرْ What put you into Saqar? Allah warned us about Saqar. Allah told us it is lawahatul lil bashar la tubqi wa la tadar nadiran lil bashar dhikra lil bashar Allah told us about it how come ma salakakum fi saqar what has put you into hellfire what brought you here didn't you get the warning you got the warning so how come you ended up over here salaka is to insert to put something inside the other so what is it that has made you enter into hellfire. How come you're here? Qalu, they will reply, the people of hellfire will reply, Lam nakumin al-musalleen. We were not of those who prayed. Notice, the response is not, that we were not of those who believed. But what is the response? We were not of those who prayed, meaning we did not pray. We did not pray salah. Lam nakumina musallin. And salah, what does that represent? The right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person performs a salah, then he is concerned about the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why salah is what? It's the pillar of deen. If a person's salah is correct, then everything else will also be correct. And if salah is not correct, then everything else will also fall apart. So they will say, لَمْ نَكُمِنَ الْمُصَلِّينَ We didn't used to pray. And if you think about it, there are so many, many people who say, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ who do say they're Muslim, but when it comes to salah, they say, I don't pray. I'm a Muslim, however, I don't pray. So confidently people say, I don't pray. In the hellfire also people will say, we did not pray. لَمْ نَكُمِنَ الْمُصَلِّينَ وَلَمْ نَكُنْ نُطْعِمُ الْمِسْكِينَ And we did not used to feed the poor. نُطْعِمُ طَعَامُ To give food. We did not feed the needy. We did not take care of the needy. If you think about it, food is one of the most basic, basic needs. If you're concerned about the food of a person, only then you can be concerned about their other things. Because if a person does not have a place to live, okay, they can survive. If they don't have warm clothes, for example, to cover themselves in winter, okay, they can survive somehow or the other. But if a person does not have food, can he survive? Can he survive? No, he will die. So a person who is concerned about the food of the needy, he is concerned about their other needs as well. It's one of the most basic needs. Just as salah is of the most important rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, food is of the most important needs of the needy. So, وَلَمْ نَكُنْ نُطْعِمُ الْمِسْكِينَ We did not take care of the needy. We did not give the rights of Allah. We did not give the rights of people. What does it show to us? That both of these deeds, salah and feeding the poor, they are extremely, extremely important. A person must pay attention to both of them. Out of all the acts of worship, and I'm not saying other acts of worship are not important, no. They are. But out of all of them, what is the most important? Salah. 
salah, it is most important. If a person gives a zakat, okay, he's done hajj. Okay, a person even reads the Qur'an occasionally. But if he does not pray, then his other deeds will also be wasted. Even they will not be accepted. Even they will have no value. Because if you think about it, the first question is going to be about what? Salah. And if that is right, everything else will be right as well. And if that is not right, then a person is a failure. So salah is of utmost importance. Similarly, feeding the poor, even that is extremely important. We worry about, you know, the rights of animals and the rights of, you know, so many things. But there are people who are hungry. There are people who are hungry. And it's our responsibility that we must, we must feed them. The food that Allah has given us, the money that Allah has given us, we must give of that to those who are needy. And sometimes we're only concerned about feeding who? Muslims. Over here, miskeen, needy. The person who needs, the person who is hungry, whether he's a Muslim or not. In Surah Al-Insan, we learn, وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ مِسْكِينًا وَيَتِيمًا وَأَسِيرًا Tell me, who is Asir in Muslim lands? Who would be a prisoner in Muslim lands? Who would be a captive? A non-Muslim. وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ For the sake of Allah, out of love for Him, they feed who? Even those who are non-Muslim. Why? Because they are needy. And many times it happens that we go to the grocery store. There is a food bank over there. Or they are collecting food. And what do we think? We don't know where they're going to give it to. Why should I give over here? No. Any opportunity you get, give there. We have learned earlier, لِسَّائِلِ mahroom. That spend on who? The one who asks and also the one who is deprived, meaning the one who does not ask. Many times we think that we're living in this country and there are no hungry people. And if there are people who are needy, I mean the government gives to them, they are on welfare, they can go to a shelter, they can go to a soup kitchen. I mean, think about it. You have to be on the lookout. You also have to be alert. You also have to find an opportunity to feed the needy and the poor. And we think that, oh, nobody is miskeen over here. There are people who are miskeen here. There are people. So we see that the people of Hellfire, what will they say? That, لَمْ نَكُ مِنَ الْمُصَلِّينَ وَلَمْ نَكُ نُطْعِمُ الْمِسْكِينَ We did not used to give the rights of Allah. We did not give the rights of people. Many times we see that those who go towards the deen, all of their focus and their concentration is what? Just the deen. They neglect community service. And those who go on serving the community, what do they do? They completely neglect the deen. This balance is very important. Both are important. Both are necessary. So we see here that they will say, لَمْ نَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُصَلِّينَ وَلَمْ نَكُمْ نُطْعِمُ الْمِسْكِينَ A person's ibadah is complete when he gives the haq of both Allah and also the creation. وَكُنَّا نَخُوضُ مَعَ الْخَائِضِينَ And we used to enter into vain discourse with those who engaged in it. وَكُنَّا نَخُوضُ نَخُوضُ from خَوْض And what does خَوْض mean? To rush into water, to enter into water. And you may have seen the children, first of all, they do not want to shower. And when they do start showering, then they don't want to come out of the shower. So this is what khawd is. That when a person indulges into something, and to the extent that he gets lost in it, he forgets about other things, he spends a lot of time in it, wasting his energy, wasting his resources. This is what khawd is. 
So خَوْضُ over here refers to indulging in false things, indulging in vain conversations, useless talk, idle talk. So this is what we used to do. We used to speak falsehood with people who spoke falsehood. We used to dispute aimlessly with regards to the matters of the religion. And if you think about it, what has become the norm of many, many people? When it comes to ibadah, no, I don't pray. When it comes to feeding the poor, they should feed themselves, they should work hard. Why should I have to feed them? And when it comes to any matter of religion, disputes and arguments and so-called intellectual discussions. Many people spend their time in what? In just discussions, arguments, disputes. Okay, what do they say about this and what do they say about that? And whatever little knowledge a person has learned about the different opinions that exist, that's what he uses to bash other people. This is all we think religion is about. Religion is not just about talking. It's about doing something. The people of hellfire, what will they say? We never did anything, and all we did was just talk, talk, talk. وَكُنَّا نَخُوضُ مَعَ الْخَائِضِينَ Not giving the right of Allah, being hard-hearted towards people, towards the creation, and just talking uselessly. وَكُنَّا نَخُوضُ مَعَ الْخَائِضِينَ وَكُنَّا نُكَذِّبُ بِيَوْمِ الدِّينَ And we used to deny the day of recompense. We used to reject the day of recompense, a deen. Now remember that rejection of the day of judgment, this denial can be complete and it can even be partial. Complete rejection is that a person says, oh there is no day of judgment, there is no hisab, there is no hellfire, there is no jannah, this is all what you have assumed. Partial rejection Partial denial, partial disbelief is what? That yeah, there will be the hereafter. However, we're not going to be questioned about praying. Who says praying is important? I think more than praying, being charitable is important. Serving the community is important. Isn't this common amongst people? It's very common. And what's the evidence that partial rejection is also like complete rejection? What's the evidence behind that? Where a person rejects one messenger, it's like denying all of the messengers. So similarly, rejecting even one thing about the Day of Judgment is like rejecting all of it. Because the belief is incomplete. Or saying that, yeah, eventually, you know, people in Hellfire, they'll be finished. They'll be punished for some time, but eventually they will be finished. You know, they'll get used to it. The punishment is not really real. It's just, you know, figurative. You know, people say such things about the hereafter. وَكُنَّا نُكَذِّبُ بِيَوْمِ الدِّينَ We used to deny the day of recompense. حَتَّى أَتَانَ الْيَقِينَ Until there came to us the certainty. What does الْيَقِينَ refer to? Death. Like Allah says elsewhere, وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ Yaqeen means death because it is certain. Even those who don't believe in the hereafter, what are they convinced of? Death. Even if a person does not want to die, what is he convinced of? Death. It's a reality. So, hatta atan al We didn't pray. We didn't feed the poor. We were just busy talking. We denied the day of recompense until death overtook us. فَمَا تَنْفَعُهُمْ شَفَاعَةُ الشَّافِعِينَ Allah says, so there will not benefit them the intercession of any intercessors. No intercession will even help them. And if you think about it, many people who claim to be Muslim, 
who don't pray, who don't give zakat. When it comes to the deen, they only discuss, they only argue, they only dispute. What beliefs do they have about the hereafter? That so-and-so's intercession will help us. But Allah says, فَمَا تَنْفَعُهُمْ شَفَاعُتُ الشَّافِعِينَ The intercession of intercessors will not even benefit them. Who will intercede on that day? The prophets of Allah. The angels will. The righteous people will. The good deeds of a person. The Qur'an. Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Ali Imran. Similarly, Surah Al-Mulk for the person who reads it regularly. So the good deeds of a person, even they will intercede. However, the intercession of no one will benefit these people. فَمَا تَنْفَعُهُمْ شَفَاعَةُ الشَّافِعِينَ Because Allah says in Surah Ghafir, Ayah 18, that مَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ حَمِيمٍ وَلَا شَفِيعٍ يُطَاعٍ For those who do zulm, there will be no devoted friend and no intercessor who is obeyed. And who is a person who does zulm? Who does not give the rights of Allah and does not give the rights of people. So for those who do zulm, shafa'ah even will not benefit. Because shafa'ah, when does it work? When Allah has allowed, when Allah has given permission. So Allah will not allow that intercession be done for these people. Allah will not allow that intercession should benefit these people. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 28, وَلَا يَشْفَعُونَ إِلَّا لِمَنِ ارْتَضَى And they cannot intercede except on behalf of one whom he approves. Only if Allah approves that yes, this person may be interceded for, then intercession may take place for him. Otherwise, no intercession. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 99-100, we learn that the people in Hellfire, they will say, وَمَا أَضَلَّنَا إِلَّا الْمُجْرِمُونَ فَمَا لَنَا None misguided us except the criminals. And today, we have no shafi'een, no intercessors. There are intercessors, but their intercession cannot benefit us. Recitation. Kullu nafsin bima kasabat rahina illa ashab al-yameen fi These ayat serve as such a great warning against what? Leaving the salah, not praying salah. Because it hasn't been said we did not believe, we opposed the messengers, we disobeyed the messengers. What has been said? What's the first thing? We were not of those who prayed. They did not say, We did not pray. Because some people say, Yes, we pray sometimes. But they say, Those who pray regularly. Yes. But we were not of those people who pray. Those people who pray, how? 
regularly together the way one must pray so we were not of that group we were not of that group we were not of that company because there are people who say that we pray sometimes and that should be sufficient like for example a person does not pray five times a day however when it comes to Jumu'ah Salah yes he goes for Jumu'ah Salah but who are Musalleen? those who pray regularly the five prayers as well as the Jumu'ah Salah Salam nakum minal Musalleen this is very scary Assalamu alaikum I was thinking about uh, an old man I have a neighbor and once I knocked door on him to see how he's doing and he said he had uh, two days he didn't eat Subhanallah, we are Muslim in the building and I took some food to him and she saw me, my neighbor, and she said, where are you taking the food? I said to my neighbor downstairs, and she said, uh, she, she is Muslim. She's telling me, we are allowed to feed the non-Muslim? So, some of us, we don't know we are allowed to feed non-Muslim. Is that why we have to educate our family, our cousins, our friends? It's really important. And there are people who are around us perhaps, but it's important that we feed them. I just want to share with you some statistics regarding the food bank. Just from last year, the number of the people doubled. Doubled that families? Yeah. Just for within one year, the number of families going to the food bank to get their monthly, I will say, not even a monthly food. I will say something to help them. It's nothing. So uh, just keep that in mind. It's not. It's not something that you can minimize or down to it yes. that imagine here the number has doubled of people who rely on food banks and if you think about it in food banks even what kind of food can you give not fresh the other day I went to a grocery store and outside the police was standing and they were actually collecting the food they were giving out uh, big bags and that you could go into the grocery store and put some items in it and give them those bags so they were actually volunteering as well and um I felt so bad. There was no Muslim in sight. No Muslim at all. All the people that were there, they were taking time off of their work. Imagine their police officers standing with their truck. They're attracting all of the attention, giving out bags, standing in the cold. In the cold. I mean, we're running from the store to the car, and they're standing outside, attracting all of that attention, giving out those bags, carrying those bags into their truck, loading their truck, and then taking them to the food banks. I was looking at the list of things and even for children it was like baby food, processed foods, non-perishable items basically. And when you think about giving food, you want to give fresh food. I mean, how can you give fresh food to a person? Only if you know them, only if you go to them. So this is why it's so important to be alert, to be aware of the people who are around you. People who are living in perhaps your own building, your own city, who come to the masjid even. So you have to keep your eyes open. I think sometimes we don't want even to donate here. We say, no, we're sending money back home. It's need because people here are not are free of need. But it's not, yes, people back home they need, but we have to start with people who are with us as well. Exactly. Assalamualaikum. When you think of these people, that, let's say, for example, in Canada where we have welfare and the, uh, the shelter and all that stuff, I'm pretty sure you've never been into that situation. But the shelter, they only give you three weeks to stay there. The welfare, they only give you money, just enough for your rent. And that should include your food and clothing and all that stuff. Not a lot of people know that. And, and they know that like, you know, the welfare people are getting a lot of money from the, the government, which is not. 
the minimum wage in Canada is ten fifty, but the poverty line is at twelve dollars an hour. That's the poverty line. You see a lot of people like, you know, we are Muslim. We know that Allah will take care of us. But these people don't know that their creator is taking care of them. We are here to do dawah. And what kind of dawah are we doing if we are not giving to uh, the less fortunate than us? Like a lot of people, I hear a lot of people, I mean Muslims, who are saying we're not allowed to feed the non-Muslims and we're only giving uh, to uh, the Muslims and all that stuff. Know that the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only the Muslims. He created everybody. So they have rights over us as well. And stay at there and take this from your mind that like, you know, you cannot help anyone. I know somebody like, you know, every time that person gets a chance, that person just gives out money. It doesn't matter whether it's Muslim or not. As long as they approach the person then the person gives the, the help. And this is the kind of dawah that we should be doing. Yes. And sometimes it's just about being a bit more alert, just a bit more sensitive, that you notice the people and you do some planning, you do some budgeting. For example, when you go to the grocery store, you can buy food items for a food bank. And you can bring stuff for the food bank. But when do we remember? When we see the box as we're leaving. We don't think from before, which is why we lose that opportunity. So it just requires a little bit of thinking, a little bit of consciousness, just become a bit more alert and take advantage of these opportunities. It's quite possible that a person is generally, you know, he has food to eat, but just at that moment he doesn't have. When I went to the IRA conference, the, the head of research, Brother Hamza, he was mentioning that there are enough calories, that is enough food on this planet, which is able to feed three planets so three times the population that is on the earth the food is enough to feed those people and he was mentioning that the number of people who are dying from hunger is equal to the number of people who suffer from obesity there's a different point on just the importance of salah and the rights of women and the rights of people um, many times I feel like university students and high school students they feel shy in leaving class because it feels the right of the teacher or the professor that's going to look rude to leave the class but just from personal experience even in my class right now it's only 19 people so if you get up you kind of make a lot of noise so just try to be quiet and I asked the professor I have to leave at this time and this time the professor said it's for religious reasons you don't have to even ask just leave it's not a problem sometimes we make a barrier and we think the right of the person is more important at that time, but Allah is calling at that time, exactly. so that's more important. Exactly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's right is the greatest. It's the most important. And it's funny how we can get up for our own selfish reasons, if we want to talk on the phone or if we want to check, uh, you know, who is calling us or if we want to go to the bathroom or something like that. But when it comes to salah, it's disrespectful. I don't know um, where to begin because you have so many options, right? But the best way to begin is feeding the needy because a lot of missionaries, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. They feed the needies and a lot of Muslim peoples in the poor countries also become non-Muslim because of that. Mm-hmm. And that we should be active in feeding the needy because that's the thing that's most needed right now. Right. And you will see this very common in Makki surahs, the importance of feeding the needy because that was the initial stage of dawah. You save two dollars. We spending every day for junk food or for the modern the tea. You can make it at home. Yes. Uh, this two dollars will be a lot of meal for someone. Exactly. The same thing. You just have to become a bit more alert, a bit more conscious. You just have to plan a little bit more. When you leave in the morning, you could make tea yourself instead of stopping by somewhere buying a huge cup of coffee or tea. You could be spending the same money on the poor, on the needy.
I mean, think about it. You have tea bags and different types of coffee sitting at home, different types of sugar sitting at home, and you could make a different cup of tea every single day for yourself. Just wake up five minutes early. Just wake up five minutes early. The same time you're going to spend in line, you know, waiting in the drive-thru, you could spend in your kitchen making your own tea and use that money instead to feed the needy. Just going back to Sumaya's point about Dawa and feeding the poor, I, I watched a CBC clip where they were showing a grocery store owner who was a Muslim and somebody was trying to rob his store and he apprehended the person. The person said, I'm hungry, that's why I'm trying to steal. Yeah. So he gave him money, he gave him food and the person did shahada right there in the show. Yes. That this is also a way of Dawa. Huh? You know, sometimes I go for a walk in my area and I see these children who are selling chocolates standing outside the bank or outside the grocery store. It's cold and they're standing outside selling chocolates, raising money. And these days especially you'll find many, many children raising money for Christmas gifts even. Just last night, in fact, I went to the grocery store and I found this girl. She's sitting outside uh, with a bell in her hand and a Christmas tree in front of her and she was raising money for Salvation Army or something like that. And, you know, you never ever see Muslim children doing this. Never. Or we hardly ever see, you know, Muslims doing such things. Whereas this is so important. This is so necessary. Or we force people to give money in a way that's inappropriate. That whenever we think of raising money, the only thing we can think of is a fundraiser. And a fundraiser, we force people to give money. People don't like to go there. They start condemning. There is no spirit of giving. No spirit of giving. Okay, let's continue. فَمَا لَهُمْ عَنِ التَّذْكِرَةِ مُعْرِضِينَ Then what is the matter with them that they are, from the reminder, turning away? مَا لَهُمْ What is wrong with them? Why do they do this? That عَنِ التَّذْكِرَةِ The reminder, the advice, the admonition, the Qur'an that is presented before them. What is their reaction? مُعْرِضِينَ They have no interest in it. They turn away. As if to say, what has happened to these people? What is wrong with them? Why don't they listen? Why do they turn away from the tadkirah that is presented to them? Because the Prophet ﷺ, when he would recite the Qur'an, there were people who would turn away. People who got so upset, and they would not listen at all. Or when a reminder was given, they would not take any benefit from that reminder. So Allah says, what's wrong with these people? Because their behavior was very, very strange. Especially the kuffar of Makkah. The Prophet ﷺ was so reliable, he was so trustworthy. People would listen to him, they would take his advice otherwise. And especially before he became a Prophet, they would trust him to the point that they would deposit their amanat with him and even after he became a Prophet. So Allah says, what's wrong with these people that when the same man gives them a tadkirah, reminds them about the hereafter, admonishes them concerning their deen, they turn away, they have no interest. Amazing. And similarly, you will also come across people who, for example, were best friends with you, but the moment they see you now, they cannot take a breath until you leave. The moment they see you, they cannot relax until you go away. As if your presence is making them tense. As if your presence is making them feel guilty. And sometimes people turn away physically, and other times they turn away how? By being mentally distracted, by being elsewhere. So what's wrong with these people? Don't they have any sense? مُعْرِضِينَ What is being presented to them is tadkira, And they're turning away from that? 
And how are they turning away? كَأَنَّهُمْ حُمْرٌ مُسْتَنْفِرَةٌ As if they were alarmed donkeys. Donkeys that have been frightened and donkeys that are فَرَّتْ مِنْ قَسْوَرَةٌ Fleeing from a lion. That when donkeys are afraid of a lion, how do they run in order to save their lives? This is how people run away from the da'i. This is how they run away from the Prophet ﷺ. Humur is a plural of himar. And mustanfira, noon fa ra, nufur. What does nufur mean? To flee. Balladju fi utumwim wa nufur. And mustanfira is one who is frightened away. Why? Because one who is frightened, what's going to happen to him? He's going to flee. He's going to run away. So, ka'annahum humur mustanfira. As if they are alarmed, frightened donkeys that are farrat, farrat, farara, firar, to flee, to run away. And who are they running away from? Qaswara. Qaswara, lion, asad. Now if you think about it, animals such as wild donkeys, wildebeests, similarly zebras, when they see a lion, when they catch sight of a lion even, what's their response? Instantly they run Immediately they run And how do they run? Just to save their lives They're running Without even looking at where they're going فَرَّتْ min qaswara. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying over here That the reaction of these people is very very strange When you present the tadkira before them When you recite the Quran to them Look at how they run Look at how they escape Look at how they turn away as if they're donkeys running to save their lives in the most ridiculous way, blindly, just running, 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 avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. So, in other words, the people who turn away from the truth, people who turn away from the Qur'an, what are they like? Donkeys. And especially a donkey, what does that symbolize? Foolishness, stupidity. So, people who flee from the truth... In the sight of Allah, they are like donkeys. No reasoning, no sense. Because the one who reasons, the one who uses a sense, what will he do? He will listen to the truth. He will take the advice that he's been given to him. And a person who does not use his reason, what will he do? You say something good, and he will walk away. You start talking about something good, and he will run away. And it's amazing how there are people who are very intelligent otherwise. But the moment the Qur'an is mentioned, the moment salah is being prayed, the moment something good is being done, they just get up and walk away. They make an excuse and they say, sorry, I have to leave. Sorry, I have to go. They will go lock themselves up in a room. They will go to the other room. They will leave the house. They will come late. It's amazing. Don't they have any sense? What's wrong with these people? Why are they behaving like wild donkeys running away from a lion? And this also shows how people who turn away from the truth are afraid of the da'i. Just like donkeys are afraid of who? A lion. They're afraid. Why? Because they're guilty inside. They know that they should not be the way they are. So it makes them afraid. فَرَّتْ min qaswara. Allah says, بَلْ يُرِيدُ كُلُّ مْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ Rather, every person among them desires أَنْ يُؤْتَى That he is given صُحُفًا Scriptures that are مُنَشَّرَةً That are spread out. Every person among them, what does he want? That he is given 
scriptures that are munashara. Munashara is from the root letters nun, sheen, ra. What does nashara mean? To spread out. Munashara, one that is spread out, one that is unfolded. So each person among them wishes that he is also given a scripture like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is given. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa how was he given the scripture? Through revelation. But these people, what do they want? That a written scripture is given to them. We learn in Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 124, that, That they say, we will never believe until we are given, similar to what the messengers of Allah were given. If we're given the same thing, then we'll believe. Where he comes to them, it should also come to us. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 7, Allah says, وَلَوْ نَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ كِتَابًا فِي قِرْطَاسٍ فَلَمَسُوهُ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ لَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ مُبِينٌ Even if that happens, they touch the book with their own hands, will they believe? No, they will say this is magic. Similarly, we learned the mushrikeen of Makkah, they would say that we will only believe in you if we find by our heads, if each person by his head finds a kitab, a letter, document, written, addressed directly to us, Fulan ibn Fulan, in which we are commanded to follow you. So each one of us should be sent a document in which we are directly addressed that we should follow Muhammad wasallam, and if we are given that, then we will believe. In Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 93, Allah says that these people say, وَلَنْ نُؤْمِنَ لِرُقِيِّكَ حَتَّى تُنَزِّلَ عَلَيْنَا كِتَابًا نَقْرَأُهُ We will never believe in your ascension until you bring down to us a book that we may read. We want a book that we can read. As if they could read. Even the mushrikeen of Makkah, they could not read. Most of them were who? Unlettered people. They were a nation who were ummi. So Allah says, بَلْ يُرِيدُ كُلُّ مْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ أَنْ يُؤْتَى صُحُفًا مُنَشَّرًا What does it show? The height of their arrogance. Like for example, sometimes advice is being given, the deen is being taught, you know, something good is being discussed, and there are people who get so upset they leave. What do they want? That talk to me separately, talk to me individually, talk to me privately. What do you think you are? Why do you think you're so special? Allah says, Kalla, no. The real problem is that These people don't fear the hereafter. Because if they had any fear of the hereafter, they would not behave in this way. They would listen to the tadkirah. No, indeed, the Qur'an is a reminder. It's an admonition. فَمَنْ شَاءَ Then whoever wills, will remember it. Whoever wants, he can take a lesson from it. He can read it. He can be admonished by it. He can understand it. He can take lessons from it. But the fact is, that وَمَا يَذْكُرُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ They will not remember, they cannot take a lesson, except that Allah wills. Only if Allah wills, then they can benefit from this Qur'an. Now the question is, why wouldn't Allah will? Allah, does He not want Hidayah for everybody? Why is it said over here, وَمَا يَذْكُرُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ Because the thing is that who does Allah guide? يَهْدِي إِلَيْهِ مَيُّنِيب When a person wants to be guided, when a person turns to Allah, then Allah also gives him tawfiq. And if a person does not want that guidance, he runs away like a donkey running away from a lion, frightened donkey, then this person is also not given tawfiq. 
وما يذكرون الا ان يشاء الله هو اهل التقوى واهل المغفره he is worthy of fear and adequate for granting forgiveness he is the ahl of taqwa and ahl of maghfira what does it mean by the word ahl it has several meanings of the meaning of the word ahl is when one is worthy of something more deserving for example it is said fulanun ahlu likada meaning so and so is more worthy more deserving of such and such so allah he is worthy he is deserving of taqwa meaning he is ahlu an yuttaqa he is worthy of being feared not people he deserves to be feared not people and when allah deserves to be feared what does it mean that a person must be concerned about obeying him must fear disobeying him because he is ahlu taqwa wa ahlu almaghfirah and worthy of forgiving meaning he is the one who has the right to forgive He is the one who forgives. Therefore, a person should strive to seek whose forgiveness? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anything that a person does, anything good, anything righteous, anything of the deen, he should do it out of whose fear? The fear of Allah. And seeking whose forgiveness? Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He should not do it for the sake of people. He should not do it for the sake of some worldly benefit. Rather, all of this should be for the sake of who? Allah because huwa ahlul taqwa wa ahlul maghfirah recitation fama lahum anit talkirati mu'ridin ka'annahum humurun mustanfirah farrat min qaswarah bal yuridu kullu imri'in minhum an yu'ta suhufan ش سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته